1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Hello, my name is Jake and Orton, and this is Peculiar, because church people are weird. And as you may have noticed, this is not my typical recording studio. I am here at Truth Apostolic Church. Yeah, it was a good idea to center around the logo. <laughs> uh, with these two guys who just started a new podcast called... Coffee Bar Confession. Yep. So what's the tagline there? What's the what line? What's the tagline? What's the, what, it, what are we talking about? What is Coffee Bar Confessions? Coffee Bar Confessions is about showing people that uh, it's okay to have faults, that everybody has a background. It's about telling your story and giving other people strength um, in their situation. If they can see that if you've overcome something, maybe there's a way that they can overcome it. That's uh it's not just about what we see behind a pulpit on Sundays or midweek. You know, it's ministry is your everyday life, people you interact with. And uh, if we can just invest in people, that, that's the best ministry there is, I believe. So we haven't always been perfect. No. Nobody's always Perfectly been. imperfect. In fact, let me put it this way. Uh, we're not now. <laughs> we're <laughs> we are not weird. now. Yeah, we're all a little weird, huh? and life's a little weird. and. Yeah. <laughs> we all have something to confess. Okay. Yeah. So we all have something to confess. I think that's kind of the leading thing from what I've seen of it is. And a lot of people don't understand that though we have something to confess, it's most people in church, most people that if they're not grown up in church or if they are grown up in church, they have a hard time confessing things. Yeah. And that's what makes it hard. And when you give them a give somebody a place to say hey this is an issue that I've had and then from that issue that maybe you've had on, on the podcast or somebody else we we base our our tagline would be there's another one of us out there somewhere yeah. and how can we reach them yeah uh, okay so um, I, I did leave out one important fact uh, this is brother Matt Gallimore and brother Timmy Holmes. Um, Holmes, yeah, I, uh, yeah, Brother Timmy Holmes and mm -hmm. Brother Matt Gallimore, they're both preachers here at Truth Apostolic Church, but as they've said, we all have something more to confess, uh, but before I get into all that, I do have a question I like to lead off with, I warned you in advance, yeah. so have you ever been called weird for this whole Christian thing? Most definitely, I mean, uh -huh. if, you, if you've lived one day living for God, you're going to be called weird. And, you know, if you claim to have anything nowadays, it, it's the fact that um, Jesus was called weird yeah. in, in, a, in his own way. You know, uh, he was, you know, the whole time that he was living on this earth, he had to fight the battle of being, you know, called weird, the things that he'd done. I mean, you look at, you look at Noah who built the ark, you know, and people looked at him and, you know, the whole time he was doing what God told him to do. He was called weird. So if you're going to do something, if you if you have faith nowadays in the day and hour that we live in, just the simple fact of saying I believe in God, you're going to be called weird. 
It's because people don't, it, people in the day that we live, they want to see that tangible, something that you can touch, something that you can see happen. And they don't realize that every, every morning when they wake up, they're seeing God and the things that God's doing. Yeah. You know, just by taking the next breath is something that God's doing. So, but not being, believing in something that you physically cannot see, like a body standing. People nowadays are going to call you weird. And you, sir, I'm assuming. Well, you know, when you're a, when you become a Christian, it's to be Christ-like, and one of those things uh, to be Christ-like, you know, Jesus, he was rejected, and as Christians, we're going to be rejected. People are going to find us weird, different. Uh, uh, why are you dress like that? Kind of scenario, and some of us have certain convictions over others. Some people yeah. are convicted about wearing long sleeves only. Some people. Uh, convicted about their diets maybe yeah. whereas one of mine is i don't i don't believe in medication i don't take any tylenol or anything like that i have in the past uh but as i build my relationship with with jesus i i just find that if i have a headache i just pray about it and and it's been working so far so i don't have no need for medication <laughs> yeah. that and the side effects of you take something for a headache and you end up with high blood pressure and then you have to take pill upon pill upon pill. Well, working in the healthcare uh, environment, you know, it they made it mandatory for us to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And uh, with me having that conviction about not believing medication, I uh, was able to get my religious exemption and uh, I had to sign a piece of paper saying that I because I'm being exempted from the vaccine that I would not take these medications because they were also, uh, they <laughs> used as fetus apparently in the development and production of this medication. Yeah. And, yeah. and the that. staff that I worked with, they, they looked at me and they're like, you don't take Tylenol, what do you, how do you live, you know? Yeah. And, and they looked at me like I was weird and they just didn't understand, but. She really was weird. <laughs> and, and I might be, and, I, and I'm okay and, with that. And what I find interesting about that one is you pointed out that even among Christians, there's Christians that don't agree with everything other Christians say. Right. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, I, I saw uh, where someone posted a video yesterday where a man was talking about uh, a particular preacher, not um, among our people, but one of the... Not among our particular group of Christians, but a Christian... I was talking about how these days people don't like labels. Uh, you talk to any modern 20-something Baptist these days, they don't want to be called Baptist. Who wants to be called a Methodist anymore? Who wants to be called a Lutheran? We're just, why can't we all just join together and all just yeah. be called Christians? You ever Sounds noticed, good in theory. Yeah. <laughs> you ever notice that when you're out at a restaurant, maybe after church, the church goes out to eat and the pastor, somebody leads in prayer and everybody bows their head and the... The wait- waitress don't necessarily know what to do. You know, they don't want to be rude, but they you can tell that taking the order. But every, <laughs> you can almost feel everybody looking at you yeah. at that restaurant, and that's another example of, yeah. you know, us being yeah, weird. Just the, uh, I, I like this story, brother Matt. Uh, Matt Tuttle tells, he, uh, maybe it was brother. I think it was brother Matt Tuttle and by the way, Joe Campitello. It was one of those two guys. Uh, tells a story about being on a plane and uh, he'd uh, recently uh, he was going to pray before he had his food 
but he uh, had read that verse that said, lifting holy hands without wrath and doubting. I would that all men pray everywhere, lifting holy hands without wrath and doubting. And he felt God convict him, saying, okay, so our apostolic women are immediately noticeable because of the way they dress, but our apostolic men are able to blend in, blend in pretty easily because it's still men's fashion to wear clean short shaven. hair, be clean-shaven. Uh, even if you wear a suit, most people are just going to think you're, you yeah. might be on your way to work. Who knows? Uh, a funeral, a wedding, who knows? <laughs> uh, but he said, but that sets you apart. All men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So he's on a plane. The lady sets the food down in front of him to eat. And he's like, okay, Lord. And he started to pray, doing the quiet, bow your head, pray. And then suddenly he felt God prick him. And he's like, okay, let's do it. Jesus, bless this food. In the name of Jesus, bless this food, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> and suddenly he had long hair in his skirt. And he laid his head, <laughs> yeah, he laid his, he put it, he put his head back down and he had people looking at him. Stuck out like a sword pound. I got the silence my work. And then one guy says in the back, that's how it's done, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's how it's done. Okay. So we can stick out yeah. <laughs> for the way we do things. Sometimes even among other Christians because, uh, uh, and I like the story. I, I don't remember who, which preacher it was, but I heard another preacher talking about how they... So many of these happen on planes. <laughs> uh, he saw a Muslim man go to the back of the plane to face a certain direction to pray when it was his time for prayer. He said, I ain't going to let that guy out pray me. So he went to the back of the plane as well, and he prayed his prayer loudly, speaking <laughs> in other tongues, doing all that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it, it is entirely possible to stick out even among other Christians because so many of us don't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, same, just like in church service. I mean, one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do, I'm not saying most, but a lot of people, when God speaks to you and tells you to go pray for somebody. Yeah. It's hard sometimes just to walk to that person, especially if, say, it's a new person, somebody's not been around very long. You know, a lot of people fight that battle where it's hard for them to walk up and, you know, lay a hand on somebody and start praying the exact words that God wants them to say because they feel that it's going to set them set them apart, you know, set, make them look different. And That's why we have a lot of pew warmers, you know, yeah. instead of worshipers because yeah. Yeah, they don't want to feel different. Feel it's so easy to just blend in sometimes yeah. and decide... Look, we don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. We don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable, but at the same time, uh, I heard one person say, okay, but conviction is uncomfortable, but conviction is what changes lives. That's right. Yeah. So, where do we put the balance? Where you know, do we put the balance? When you see a EMT yeah. or, or a police officer, somebody in that profession they wore a suit and I don't know if you ever paid attention to their to their outfits but like a police officer looked very uncomfortable they had those guns those tasers all that stuff they even got that, that I, I mean, bulletproof vest that they wear underneath and they're all walking around they sit down in cars all day long with all that'd that be stuff. hot 
It's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, and or but, even let's put it even a level higher. We're supposed to be a royal priesthood. Um, the Queen's Guard. Yeah. Those guys who are standing yeah. and the oh, people God, make exactly. up that stuff about. Oh man. What what must be going through that guy's head right yeah. now? Is he thinking is my nose really itchy or <laughs> I can't keep a straight face to save no. my life. Yeah. But yeah. but here's the thing though, whenever you see them, they're un- they're totally uncomfortable doing their job. Yeah. But when an EMT, when you need an EMT, or when you need a police officer, or when you need a fireman, or when you need somebody in that emergency setting, yeah. they're uncomfortable. But they're always there. They're always, and you know exactly who to go to. Yeah. And, you know, we may be uncomfortable in our setting. We may be uncomfortable being called weird. You know, we are peculiar. We are a royal priesthood. We are, you know, a, the Bible says, a chosen generation. Yeah. You know, and God's, God's called us out of things. And that's kind of where the Coffee Bar Confessions comes in. Yeah. God calls, has called us out of a lot of things, you know, and things that, by being different, by being chosen, by being peculiar, you can help somebody else. Yeah. And I, something you said, you mentioned the medicine thing. I have a feeling that there's a reason that you feel that way about medication versus other things. Well, I just know that Scripture says that by a stretch we were healed. And, uh, and he also says that he'll keep us from all sickness and disease. And it's, it's according to your faith. If you don't have the faith that... You know, the Lord's going to move on your situation, your need. And, you know, I'm not telling anybody not to go to a doctor, you know. Like, yeah. when me and my wife have a baby, the doctors know how to deliver a baby. We're going to the hospital. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> you're, so, you're, uh. You're, you're, you're different. You're not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> if I break a bone, I'm going to the hospital, <laughs> you know. And I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know how to deal with the pain. If it don't go away, I might give in and take something, but. As far as just taking it, just to take it. Um, Trying God. And, uh, and I know I, I don't eat like I need to. I mean, because they go hand in hand. If you, yeah. don't, you don't take medications, but you drink soda, you know, it's bad for your health, too. Yeah. Um, it's. Yeah. And, but uh, let's, uh, let's just get into this. So you say, um, let's, just, let's just get into this. So Coffee Bar Confessions is about saying, I've been where you are. I've been, yeah. uh, and I know everyone at this uh, at this microphone today and on the camera today. Uh, we all have very different stories. Yeah. Um, like as for me, I was nine years old when I received the Holy Ghost. I I'm pretty sure I was in church service, the uh, next available service after I was born. That my mom was out of the hospital as soon as I was out of. As soon as I was, as I was out, I don't know what day of the week I came home, but if it was uh, if it was a Monday, I think I was in church on Wednesday. If it was a Saturday, I was in church on Sunday. I don't know that off the top of my head, but I know I've been in every church service that I've been able to go to since I was born. I had the my uh, my only drug problem growing up was uh, being drugged to 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 the church, as as they say. Uh, that's my story. Nine years old, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized some point before that. I think about a year or so before. I remember repenting at an altar for... Uh, I remember all those. But uh, in those memories, uh, they're kind of blurry because I was a little kid. <laughs> uh, called to preach at 15. Um, so I... And, and 
preached the next available service that I could when I went and talked to my pastor, my father, about it. Dad started the church when I was 10 years old. That's my story growing up in church my whole life. Have I had struggles? Obviously. <laughs> but my struggles are not the same struggles as some other people's. I know that's not the story all across this room. Yeah. I know that's not the story all across this room, so let's get into... Um, I know there are other people like me out there, though. Because um, that's, that's, that's your point. Yeah. There are people in your circumstance everywhere. Maybe there are several people out there. My story is, if you're born in the church, you don't have to go and say, yeah. let's try everything right. to make it. It's one of the best testimonies. Yeah. I think it was Brother Scott Graham that said that. Yeah, he, he was talking about, I was listening to all these uh, people's testimonies and realizing I, I have never... I've never messed with meth. I've never drunk alcohol. I've never even tried to smoke. Yeah. God kept me from those things. Yeah. But I know that's not the story all around the table. So uh, here's the key word that I think Coffee Bar Confessions kind of builds itself around. Testimony. Yeah. Uh, so what is a testimony, Brother Matthew? <laughs> well, whenever I was younger, I... Grew up at Lone Star, uh, under a church pew, listening to uh, Brother Jimmy Russell preach messages. Um, we had um, Brother Jason Cisco would come preach for us all the time. He practically stayed at Lone Star when he was 18, 19 years old, uh, preaching some of the greatest messages that this area had, had ever heard. You know, yep. uh, And my wife tells me all the time that I was a spoilt brat. Because, um, you know, some of the services that we had at Lone Star back in those days was just phenomenal, you know, and that's what I grew up on. That's what I, you know, I, I had always went to church, whether I wanted to or not, I didn't have no choice. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I can remember one of the, fun, one of the funniest parts of my, of my life in sixth grade and mm -hmm. hearing a young person cussed for the first time, mm -hmm. you know, and I told them, you know, I was in sixth grade, I, I was young, I told them, I said, if my mom and dad ever heard me say one of them words, I'd be in trouble, you know, and I meant it, <laughs> and it was yeah. the very next year after that that I smoked pot for the first time, it was the year after that that I began to drink alcohol, yeah. uh, that, I mean, it, I had the, one of the worst potty mouths you ever heard. You know, because I got tied in a little bit with uh, what some would say popularity. Yeah. And I, I done everything that I could to make sure that I wanted to try everything. Wanted to try everything. I, anything that I was big enough to try, well, I tried it. You know, and so by the time I was in the seventh grade, I was uh, chewing tobacco. I was. Um, drinking alcohol, going to parties. I was doing everything that I thought I was big enough to do. And it's sad, you know, because uh, the testimony that I had, you know, is sad. It's a lot, to me, it's a lot worse than most people because of the anointing that I sit underneath when I was a young age. I was, I had uh, seizures 
uh, febrile seizures up until I was four years old when Brother Jimmy Russell prayed for me and I was healed of them. Yeah. Um, like I said, Brother Jason Cisco preaching message after message, just you know the anointing that would come through the the, the speakers at Lone Star that just you know the, preach the pain off the walls. What they you know what everybody says, uh, and for me to leave that and go out like I did. Um, you know, and just leave something that was that was so great, and leave it for drugs and alcohol. You know, and uh, popularity it, it's just something that I can I would consider myself, just speaking for myself, so stupid. You know, because where would I be right now at 36 years old? Where would I be right now if I would have followed the call of God when I was younger? If I would have been in, in uh, you know, if I would have been in uh, classes, you know, Bible quizzing, if I would have, if I would have been in a youth group and been involved in a youth group and had something going on in my life like that, where would I have been today? Instead, I got caught up and, you know, um, played sports since I was five years old, you know, baseball and basketball. Uh, since I was five, I played football whenever I was in eighth grade and played all through high school. Um, and, you know, it's, that's something that I cannot change. But if I could look back now and change everything about my life, it wouldn't have been um, who I dated. It wouldn't have been, you know, nothing like that. It would have been I would have stayed in church and I would have done exactly what God wanted me to do. And I, and I could have been uh, preaching conferences. <laughs> You know, I could have been a, a I could have been pastoring somewhere. I could have been one of the greatest evangelists on this fa on the face of earth, doing what God wanted me to do. But instead, I spent 19 years of my life chasing me, doing the things that I wanted to do. You know, and so my my testimony is is although I walked out on God, you know, although I walked out, and my wife, you know, talking about your testimony, my wife, she she battles, you know. Of course, she's had the same testimony that you've got. And she battles, you know. Uh, and she said it this, other, this Sunday. She, she made the mention. She said whenever Alice, Timmy's wife, whenever she come to church, and you know, she was on drugs, and she had all these things going on in her life, and now she sees the change in her. She says it makes, it, Heather says it makes her feel so, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Um, you know, like she didn't have to change much. You know, she's been what she is the mm -hmm. whole time, her whole life. She's always been apostolic. She's always been, uh, you know, she's always lived this. She's always had a desire to go to church. She's always had a desire to be what she is. And then you see somebody coming in who's had a whole life of, of craziness. And then all of a sudden they change that. And now they're living for God just like us. It's like, it, it's almost like, well, they, they had that big change. You know, they had to confess something. They had to change something in their life. But she says, but I've always been this. You know, and so she battles sometimes having that change in her life, having that testimony, to, you know, because she's like, well, okay, my testimony is I've never smoked. I've never drank. I've, I, you know, of course, I'm sure she said some cuss words, you know, in her <laughs> rebellion, maybe. But, you know, it's just, it's the fact that when somebody when, when somebody says testimony, like most people don't say, well, my testimony is I've had to get rid of bitterness. I've had to get rid of anger. 
And in some ways, that's almost harder. Yes, exactly. Those are even bigger than Drake and me, Ryan. Uh, I, because almost, it's like, if you want to quit smoking, you can Put it down. throw your <laughs> cigarettes out in the dumpster and never buy anymore. Yeah. But if you want to stop being bitter, you gotta get away from people. You gotta fix <laughs> you gotta this thing right here yeah. between your ears. Yeah, and that's in this thing right here. And it's a whole lot harder to fix the inside than to throw away yeah. something outside. And yes, I know that's incredibly hard to just not walk inside of a store and ever say to the cashier, oh, hand me, hand me one of those packs. Yeah, give me yeah. another pack of bitterness. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. every day when you go to sleep, you've got dreams. Give me a pie to anger. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's not like that. It's yeah. you're the guy behind the counter right. that's handing out the bitterness. Yeah. See, people don't realize, that, and that's that was the exact point when you made that comment was was people would look at my testimony because I was a drug addict, because I was an alcoholic, because I I didn't live for God. And they, they make that out like that is such a great testimony. But what they don't realize is is that that, that PK, mm -hmm. that preacher's kid that has been on pew their whole life, and they've had to deal with the anger of my daddy has always had to share. I've always had to share my daddy with other people, and I've always had to share my mom with other people. And yeah, I've deal, always deal with the jealousy, yeah. deal with the pride. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. there's something in saying, the spotlight. <laughs> well, I ain't never done none of that, so obviously I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> and you become the the spirit of the second son. Because I I've got so often uh, it's it's hard for me to so often I've had these thoughts run through my head because uh, you hear those people say uh, talk about I once was blind but now I see. I, you hear those people say. I used to deal with sin. I used to do this. I used to do that. I'm so thankful that God brought me out. Um, but it's sometimes so hard for me to think, I was nine years old. What was I brought out of? Exactly. You was kept from it. Uh, but at the same time, I was brought out of sin. Yeah. No, I was not actively... Uh, was I was not a murderer. I was right. not a... Uh, addict or anything like that, but I was born in sin. Brought out, <laughs> shaping in iniquity. Because uh, we were all yeah. born in sin. <laughs> I, I, there's that guy, uh, another preacher. He puts it this way. He says, um, uh, he, he he tells a story of because he was preaching at like ten years old, and his family brought out these old preaching tapes eighteen years later or so, <laughs> and he he's uh, he the whole family said okay. We're going to listen to him preach. And they slide the tape in. Because, yes, it's it's tapes. These these are old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one no one knows what those are. People barely know what CDs are anymore. Um, What's a CD? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know Brother Gary's some, laughing at us right now. <laughs> you put money in to save it, ain't it? Yeah. CD. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they slip the cassette tape or whatever it is in. They start playing it, and one of the lines he says, this little 10-year-old, way back when I was in the world, just how much time did you? Yeah. <laughs> just because he's quoting the popular quotes. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've all got different stories, and we yeah. need to realize our different stories. But um, 
One more thing I want to ask you. Uh, I'd like you to zero in on this and not talk so philosophical. Go ahead. Uh, what happened when you were 19 years old? What made the change? Yeah. <laughs> what was it that made you decide, okay, I'm done? I, I don't, I guess I could have the same as everybody else, but I was chasing a girl. <laughs> I mean, it's not <laughs> everybody else, honest. but it's, it's a lot. <laughs> but I was chasing a girl and, uh, you know, but there was something inside of me that I knew because even down to uh, my cousin Nathan, who's now passed, he, uh, me and him, we had our our way that we would, that we lived, but we both grew up in St. Pete, and we were uh, heading that direction. So me and him both received, uh, tried to receive the Holy Ghost at Crofton Pentecost. So it was something that I knew, you know, and I had a draw uh, from when I was a child. You know, the Bible said for for a parent, you raise them up in the way they should go, they'll never depart. And that's really what happened when I was 19 years old. My parents uh, took me to church. They raised me in church. They um, told me right from wrong. And whenever I got old, I knew where to go back to. And so I felt the, the God drawn. The ripe old age of 19. Yeah. <laughs> I felt God drawn me. Uh, and I knew where to go. It, it wasn't just any any church that I could go to. I had to go to an apostolic because I knew what was right and what's wrong. And so mm -hmm. that's that's where God led me. So he he did use a wife on purpose, <laughs> you know, because uh, without her I wouldn't have my four kids that I wanted. Yeah. So, but uh, he he put me and her together for a reason, and that's Give he knew it was time to draw. That's yeah, and went beyond that to where you you somehow got past just the altar, just getting filled with the Holy Ghost, just being baptized. Yeah. Yes, you went to a meeting one night and soul wasn't right. Yeah. But, yeah, you went a whole level on. Timmy's bringing this in. You got a ministry. Yeah. So, yeah. how that? Uh, we'll, we'll get back to that in a second because I, I think we... We don't need to leave Timmy sitting here. We'll so weigh it out a little bit. We'll weigh it out a little bit. <laughs> uh, so, testimony. The story of you, I guess, is the way to put it. Our testimony is the story of what makes us us uh, as opposed to somebody else. Uh, it's our experience of events. So... What's your version of the story? What's how did you get to where you are now? Well, how did Jesus bring you out? <laughs> I got uh, a lot of a lot of little things here and there throughout my childhood that now looking back, I know God had His hand in it. Yeah, uh, I wasn't raised in truth. I came to the Apostolic Church in 2013, I think December yeah. or so. Uh, but as, as a child, as a child, I remember my mom and dad would take me to uh, his uncle's church, Uncle Maori. He had a church called Souls Harbor, which is like a Holiness Baptist church. Mm -hmm. And my dad would play the guitar and sing, and my mom would sing, and some other family members would sing. And 
I just remember being a little kid, just playing in a pew, you know, not really paying attention to what's going on. Uh, and uh, it wasn't long after that, I don't remember, I was going back to church Yeah. Uh, for a while. Uh, went to a church called Kirkwood Springs. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's in Dalton, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, with some uncles and stuff, but uh, after that, my dad, he just worked his nine to five, you know, and he's a mechanic and uh, and he's he's deaf now. He can't really hear. Mm -hmm. So he had to go on disability, but uh, but he passed that to me as a musician. He taught me how to play different instruments and guitar mainly, but mm -hmm. uh, there'd be times when I, I just sat around and just play and just play the to Jesus, even though I didn't really truly know who he was at the moment, you know, I was just trying to make up stuff. Um, and then when I was about 11 years old or so, maybe 12, uh, I went to Second Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they were really good with their youth department. They did archery and softball and went to camps, but Every now and then I'd be in the sanctuary and I couldn't tell you one thing they preached. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I'm, I say that because I'm thankful. Because I could have, <laughs> not to be mean, but I could have very easily been deceived, you know, if, yeah. if I actually paid attention. I remember my, my brother and my sister, uh, they went there with me as well. Because uh, yeah. I'm the youngest, so I had to have, I went with them. That's how I started going. And they were getting baptized. And I want to be baptized. Yeah. And uh, they said, well, what do you get baptized for? Do you know why you get baptized? And they asked me, she said, uh, do you know where Jesus is at? And I said, everywhere. <laughs> and that wasn't the answer they were looking for. They wanted me to say in my heart, because, you know, in that doctrine, it's accept look Jesus into your heart, you know, as your personal savior or, or yeah, yeah uh, whatever that's, that's, they say. Uh, that's the way that goes. And there's some truth to that, but it, it, there's a lot more to it, yeah. you know. And uh, but I, we moved away. It, it was convenient to go to that church because we lived yeah. right down the street. Yeah. And we moved away more to a country setting, royal area, and uh, wasn't no churches I could just walk to. So there was no more church for me. Uh, I didn't do very good in school. Uh, I was held back, I think about four years. Mm -hmm. And I was quite a bit older than the kids that I was in school with and I got discouraged. So I dropped out uh, yeah. at the age of 14. I tried to do homeschool and uh, it just didn't work out. We didn't have the money to, or the finances to buy the books needed. And honestly, I just given up with education altogether. And uh, then uh, a few years later of me getting into skateboarding and drinking and running the streets until like 5 a.m., maybe doing a little vandalizing that I shouldn't have done. <laughs> a lot of things I'm not proud of. Um, yes, maybe. Maybe. But uh, <laughs> a lot of things you do just to try to show off for the girl or, or whatever, but uh, or for the friends that you're hanging out with, you know, just... Like, y'all, he'll do anything, you know, and and that's that was who I was. I would do anything to 
bring a laugh to the friends that I hung out with or anything. I, even if it hurt myself, you know. Yeah. And uh, then I had different relationships with girls and got burnt out on alcohol before I was even old enough to drink. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up meeting my wife, and uh, which of course I matured up by then. I didn't really drink as much. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, wasn't employed at the time, and my, my mother-in-law helped me get on at Walmart, and that kind of she kind of helped me man up a little bit too. Yeah. And uh, then some things have happened uh, with my wife as she lost her father in 2012, I believe. And uh, she was dealing with her, her sin of drugs and addiction and her past and, and that's losing her dad is what brought us to church. Uh, long story short. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she can tell her own testimony maybe, but, uh, but we got in church 2013 the Church Apostolic Church, and uh, and me being a musician, a guitar player, I want, I really wanted to give it back to God. Is what I felt like. You know, I, I loved the church that I was seeing. I wasn't as faithful as when I first started, but my wife was, you know, going pretty regular, and uh, I went pretty faithful for about a month. I would say I went to every service, and I started talking to my wife about. You know, I noticed it. You know, Sister Tracy and Brother Tyler and Sister Ashley, Sister Heather, Sister Katie and Brother Matt, Pastor Roy, you know, they were all up there singing the praise team, but there was no guitar player. I started talking to my wife. I said, I wonder what I have to do, you know, to, to play for the church. She said, I don't know. Well, ask, ask the pastor. And uh, that's what I did. And he told me the requirements, you know, you got to be faithful for uh Faithful tithes payer, uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, faithful for six months, Kingdom Brothers class, yeah. uh, certain standards to be on the platform. Uh, and that's what I did. It took me uh, about six months, I say, to, before I got the Holy Ghost. And I was baptized in Jesus' name. And uh, that's kind of my story. And of course, I, I, I had some sins that I brought into my marriage and into the church that I struggled with, but God delivered me from from uh, lies that I've told, from uh, perversion that I, from porno- pornography that I was addicted to. Uh, which of course, I'll, I'll rewind a little bit. I did drink throughout my marriage, not as like an alcoholic, but uh, I'd get off work and have a few. Yeah. And then, that would pretty well be every day unless I didn't have the money to buy anything and my wife would get her her fits and uh, it's when she uh, she ended up getting in trouble for having her drugs and I told her that I'd quit drinking to support her you know to quit smoking and that's before we came to church so I quit drinking before we got in church but still those other sins I carried along with me uh, you know, something interesting I noticed, both of y'all have brought it up, and it made me think of this verse here. Is it okay for someone to follow a person and become saved because they followed a person? Is it possible? Is that what you asked? Is it 
is it is it okay? Is it okay to follow somebody? Yeah, because uh, you know some people argue. Well, if it wasn't for that girl, that that boy wouldn't have been saved. If it wasn't because if he wasn't dating that girl, he never would have went to church. If he wasn't mm-hmm. this or that. Makes me it makes me think about this verse here. The unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they're holy. If an unbelieving depart, let him depart. If a brother or sister is un, not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. What knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether you will save your wife? That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verses uh, 14 to 16. Uh, there, there's these people out here who argue, well, um, you know, if, he, if it hadn't been for that girl, he never would have decided to get in church. I mean, now, obviously, you're saying... It better be okay because that's why I'm here, right? <laughs> I think. I mean, I know there's a lot more to that. Yeah, there's a. There's some technicalities. The I showed up. Yeah. I showed up. Yeah. But there was a call in my heart already. Yeah. Was the reason why I was there, and he gave I, you the excuse yeah. when God's already tugging, yeah. just that little extra motivation. And, you know, you know like, Heather's really pretty. Right. <laughs> and like, like the Bible said, you know, there, there's a scripture, and I don't know exactly. I ain't gonna here and try to be a Bible guru and quote scriptures yeah. like like crazy, but. There's a scripture that, that that's the reason about, I flipped to it. Yeah. There's, there's a scripture that, that talks about without the draw of God. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking you know. that. And so if, yeah, she may have been the reason why I came, mm-hmm. but just like you know, she was being used. Just for just for example, um, when I first came in, of course we know that pastor uh, only wears three quarter length sleeves or longer, mm-hmm. and so. With that being said, I come in and I thought that as being uh, his son-in-law, I needed to borrow some of his convictions. Yeah. If I, I've heard people say, well, if you don't have convictions, then borrow mine. They worked. So I was going to wear three-quarter length sleeves. Mm-hmm. Well, I was doing it because he was doing it. Yeah. Right? And so i would done it for about a week and a half, and I realized this ain't for me. You know? Uh, so... When Lord, you're, when Lord you're following, not, Lord hath not commanded. <laughs> yeah. So when you're following, when you're coming to church for somebody, I'm not going to say that, that, that that's not what happens because it did. Yeah. I did come because I seen something that enticed me and that's what I wanted to come for, you know. But there but was something a, there has was to a, transform at some point. Exactly. Yeah. You can't just come for a girl or it's a boy. It's kind of like playing Simon Says. going to happen because you're eventually, in my opinion, and, and I've told this many a times. My intentions were <laughs> my intentions were not to come to this church and to stay at this church. No, nope. my intentions were to come to this church, and I was gonna get her. Me and her were gonna leave this church because I wanted nothing to do with Pentecost at the time. Yeah. Okay. So at that moment, I was coming for just one reason, one reason only. But then, God drew me. Yeah. And when God and when God works, it don't matter what your intentions are. You know, when God draws. Uh, uh, who who was it? I um, Chris Green tells a story about he, he said he the only reason I showed up at that youth camp yeah. <laughs> was because I heard apostolic girls were the prettiest girls that yeah. there were. He said that's the only reason I showed up at that youth camp. I walked in that service. I didn't make it one song in. 
I was on my knees on the altar and getting filled with the Holy Ghost. God knows it. Yeah, He knows us more than anybody. It's like, <laughs> look, if God, if there's any, if there's anything, uh, God, God knows what it's like to be a young man, which is an interesting thing to say. Yeah, He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. God knows what it's like to be human. Yeah, and He's like, I can work with that. <laughs> I can work with that. Yeah. Uh, and, and like like you said, you got in and came about a month, but she kept going, mm-hmm. and it kept you faithful. It's important to have people in our lives because people, if they're the right people, will spur us on to be more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of what I was where I was thinking there. Yeah. If it's the right people, it's the right people, and that's the thing. Like even with Heather when. She was the right person, obviously, you know. But if she had not been the right person, I would have came into this church and I would have pulled her out because she would not have been the right person. Yeah. You know, God knew that she was strong enough. So let let me just take a moment here. Um, I am not about to recommend to anyone who's new to the church or who's been in the church a while either way I'm not going to recommend to anybody in the world to date someone who is, at minimum, not as committed as you are. Yeah. Yeah. Or definitely out of the faith. And definitely, yeah, definitely someone who isn't even in it. Yeah. Um, Not about to recommend that to anybody. No. But what Paul was saying in that verse I read is you're in this, uh, but you've been already married. (laughs) You were married before you got in this. Don't leave your husband or wife because your husband or wife ain't in it yet. You may convince them to go further by by what you're doing. Live it in front of them. Because there's no one who's a better audience than your husband, your wife, your kids. There's no one who's a better audience than right. that. So what you're saying is there's two there's two parts of that. There's two parts to it. Okay, so you're already in it. Don't the people as I said, the people you're with matter. Yeah. The people you're around constantly matter. That's why we're encouraged to go to church. Yeah. That's why we're encouraged to spend time with other people of the like precious faith, as some people put it. Um the people were around matter. Yeah. Therefore, the people you're around more than anyone else matters a lot. Right. Uh, but we come to this dilemma. How are we ever going to reach anyone else? Yeah. If we only spend time with the people who are just like us. Yeah. So you need to make sure you're strong. Yeah. Uh, so it's absolutely important. Um, one of the most important decisions you'll ever make is the person that you... Uh, choose to marry and therefore if that's the most important decision you'll ever make one of the next most important decisions you'll ever make is the people you date <laughs> yeah. uh, but why am I talking to you guys about you already you already passed that stage well, I'm okay. talking to the folks like me <laughs> okay. there is somebody like you out there by the way but uh, they, yeah. I've got four kids yeah and so not and only they're still in the they're yeah. still in the single phase, obviously, because none, none of them are yet. None of them are yet. It's teenagers. still important <laughs> to, to treat your wife like you 
still dating sometimes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about making the decisions. <laughs> we're talking about the decisions we make. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're talking about the decisions we make. So obviously the people you spend time with matters. But we get to that stage where we're like Brother Timmy here. We've been married a long time before we ever get to the church building. Mm-hmm. And I, without fail, I've seen it. What Paul was writing there, he said, when you get in, but you have a spouse who's not in, if they, if they leave you, they leave you. That's their prerogative. They can do that. However, if they're willing to say, you know what, you go to that church all you want to. Don't ask me to go, though. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you do that, uh, just do, uh, if, if you want to know how you're supposed to handle that, go listen to Reality Speaks, the episode with Brittany and Jason Baldwin. Yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> uh, he, he said, uh, you go to that church all you want to. I'm not, you can dress however you want to dress. You can start living all them standards that you want to live, but uh, don't expect me to go with you. Yeah, yeah. I listened to that episode. That was good. Yeah. Uh, don't expect me to, don't expect me to follow you. But who knows, but that by your faithfulness, you will save your spouse. <laughs> that's what Paul said. Yeah. And that's what your story made me think of. She decided to keep on being faithful, and you said yeah. Okay, might be something to this. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, and that's just a great story. Because everyone's story is different. It's got little bits and pieces of everything in it. Yeah. Now, uh, one more thing I want to get to. Because both of you have said it. You're, you have the music, but you've also got more than just the music. You also preach. You, uh, you, you play instruments and you preach. Uh, you've held leadership roles in the church. So where'd that start? Because it, it, it starts, of course, at 19 years old, getting filled with the Holy Ghost once again, being baptized again, coming to church again. That's number So one. where do we progress from there to get to standing behind a pulpit and wearing the suit and being a youth pastor and all those things? If you'd have told me before I was 19 that I would have been youth pastor and standing <laughs> in a suit, I would have told you you was the craziest person on the face of earth. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I never had a desire yeah. to preach the word. I never, I, I always wanted, I guess you want to say, I always had a desire to be wild. I always had, you know, I just wanted to. Um, Interesting quote that I heard somebody saying about. Uh, youth ministry when I had first got into youth ministry I went to a split session sorry to interrupt but I, I just had to I just had to say this little funny line that I heard a guy say he said if you still like to drink Mountain Dew and you're over 18 years old you may be called the youth ministry <laughs> yeah, I agree with I was you. like alright uh, it, it is it's hilarious <laughs> but when I when I first got into church um I can remember sitting at my mom and dad's dining room table uh, and just God giving me little nuggets, little, mm-hmm. little thoughts. And like I, I decided I would write them down. And as I would write these little nuggets down, they wouldn't be a message. It wouldn't be a whole 
You know. get like two sentences. Yeah, that, of course, this is before iPads and things like that. So there are little margins to, in the Bible. I had to write them in the margins. I had to write them on the little notepads and things, you know, and I would write all these stuff down. I got so many slips of paper laying on my yeah. desk at home. <laughs> and so it's like all, all these things, and I, and I wouldn't have no earthly idea what they were. You know, it was just God was, was downloading these things into my head. And, uh, of course, I got in church in uh, uh, 2005. I got got the Holy Ghost in 2006 uh, and at that moment like it was, it was almost like instantly when I got the Holy Ghost uh, of course I had the reason why it took me so long to get the Holy Ghost was because I was uh, actually I got the phone call from Heather her saying that pastor said that if I would get rid of my worldly music that God would fill me with the Holy Ghost mm. and I had a whole CD case CDs. There we go again, guys. (laughs) Compact discs. All right. Uh, This was before uh, this. I mean, before iTunes. Well, yeah, we play them in the Walkmans, man, with the little fuzzy earphones. It's good every time you hit a bump. Yeah. You have to bend the earphones to get them to work. You know that's. But I I had all these CDs in my. Miss those earphones. Yeah. (laughs) All these CDs in my CD case, and I was talking to her on the phone, driving down the road with my truck, and she said. You know, my dad said you get the Holy Ghost if you would th- you would get rid of these this worldly music. And I took I remember it was in a Dale Earnhardt CD case, and I grabbed that whole CD case and I threw it out the window. Chuck it, frisbee. I never went back and got it. I never worried anything else about it. And it was like two weeks after that, Brother Nog was at our church preaching, and uh, it was March twenty fifth, two thousand six, and I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And at that moment, I knew. From getting the nuggets, from you know the different things that God was downloading in my mind and my my spirit, and I was writing all this stuff down. That I knew that there was something. I was that I was different than other people. I, I was weird. Okay, because God. This is the moment. Yeah, God spoke to me different things, you know, and and I had to put the, the puzzle pieces together. But um, you know, and then to, to to know that I was called to uh, be youth pastor. Um, it was more or less uh, one of those situations that, at the moment I was I, I was called to do it, it was one of those seeing need, feeling need. Yeah. Uh, and I was 19 years old, more or less, coming back into church. I was being birthed back into church. I actually was birthed into a pastor's family, and so I had to see things as a pastor's family, and so. Uh, I seen children that needed a leader, you know, and I never had leadership like that in my life. I never had a youth pastor ever that I can remember. Now, my mom and dad might be able to tell me differently, but I'm pretty sure um, out of all my life, I've never had a youth pastor. Yeah. And so, uh, it's I really would, hard to do it. it, it absolutely. And I've, I've dealt really? with that for the whole 17 what years I've youth pastored. I've dealt with not having a leadership, not having a youth pastor in my life to ever go back and look to to say, this is what they done, so this is what I'm gonna do. So, but I, I, I seen that need to say, hey, this, there's children in my church that go to my church that they need, they need leadership, they need functions, they need to be able to have something going on in our yeah. church to where if we don't take care of them, somebody else is going to. Yeah. And so it was more of a feeling need uh, seeing a feeling need, and God called me to 17 years of of working with young people. Um, I've seen them come, I've seen them go. I've 
cried tears because I've seen them leave and never come back. I've, I've cried tears because some of them have passed. I've cried tears because uh, some of the things that I've heard them say, oh, Lord, uh, you yeah. know, it, it's youth pastor and everybody's like, oh, I want to be a youth pastor. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. It's, it's hard. You're calling yourself into, you're claiming a calling into one of the most headache-inducing yeah. lines know, of work. It's, I, but, uh, but tear-inducing headache-inducing. But you love it all in the same sense. You love it because you and see... And one of the funniest, yeah. craziest... Cause you you've always got so many stories. You get you get to drink Mountain Search. Dew and yeah. uh, you, you, you get to have water gun fights. And you get to do all that. There's but. no more fun than taking a group of kids to KYC and getting to enjoy them having a good service and then, and then going to the afterburners and watching yeah. them have fun with other youth. I, uh, I, I, I mean, look, we work in men's ministry and going to those men's meetings and the men's meetings are fun. I've heard plenty of fun stuff about the ladies' meetings, but it's just a different animal going to a youth camp. Well, you understand. (laughs) They always say that a man don't even start growing up until he's 25. Yeah. Okay? And so what more than a youth pastor than a man that can come and drink Mountain Dew after the age of 16, 18 and (laughs) <laughs> and just you know, and yeah. just get to have fun. Just you know? uh, it, it, it kind of goes back to what you said. The 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 tagline. I've been where you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but you need to be enough. But one of the most important things. Now I'm not saying that it's a role. I was 17 years old when I became a youth pastor. I don't advise anyone to do that unless you see the need when you're 17 years old and there's no one else in the church that can do it which is, was my situation, and there's no one else that can do this job, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, and it's easier, easy to see the need when you're that age and you're thinking, no one else is doing this job, yeah. so I better do it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's very advisable that you're a little bit past where they are, yeah. so, but not so far away from it as to say... I have no idea what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Disconnected. It's so easy to forget where you used right. to be. And it's the same. Only ten years ago. It's the mm. same sense too, and, I, and a lot of people don't realize this. When do you transition out of youth pastor? What's when the, you what's can't the help them anymore. When you, you can't, can't help. When you don't like Mountain Dew anymore. You, uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I when you I, don't like Mountain Dew anymore. That's pretty much the line. <laughs> drinking that. When, when Mountain Dew starts <laughs> when Mountain Dew starts making you physically sick at your stomach, yeah. you're pretty much at the end of your right, exactly. ministry. You period. go to Dr. Pepper like everybody else. <laughs> you switch over to Dr. Pepper like well, everyone I, else. That's exactly yeah. I've told my wife several times. I said when I you start being tired after staying up all night yeah. long. When you don't want to. When like you, you ain't even done it yet. When you when, like, oh, when you start feeling tired at nine PM yeah. you might be done. You start playing the, the let's play the game, lay down and go to sleep. Right? Let, let, let's go we're gonna try. But seriously, I, I told my wife several times, I said, you know, I said it's, I think it's time for us to get out of youth ministry. And you know, we've always made the mention I don't want to make youth ministry a stepping stone into something different. I want to love the children and things like every that. every job needs to be viewed as I may do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to look at it as. But there was a point in my in my youth ministry that I would go to children's church, I would go to all these functions and I would the, the words that was coming out of my mouth was no longer no longer touching them. 
And I would I would tell I would tell Heather yeah. I would say, why, why are we no longer reaching these kids like we need to? Why are are are, are the things that we're? I mean, even it's you know it's, it's it was a joke and we laughed about it, but really the Mountain Dew like when you, when you are no longer offering these kids what they need to stay in church, you got to be willing to step out. When you're no longer effective, that's when. Yeah. And that's, that's, and that's that's when the first of this year I became an administrative pastor yeah. and, and we uh, brought in Brother Tyler Mills and he's doing awesome. Ministry pastor. has seasons. Yeah. yeah and so, you know, it's just as, just as much as I was called into youth ministry, I thought I was called out of it yeah. at the same time. And be, it's, um, Moses, you are very old. Hmm. That's 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 what that's literally what God Thanks. said. Moses, you're very old. I appreciate that. <laughs> and he said it's time to pass the baton. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I mean, exactly. obviously, he's in denial long enough. Yeah. Moses, you are now very old. Get Joshua ready. <laughs> you don't realize how long you've been waiting to say that, huh? He's been waiting to put that dad joke in there. <laughs> in denial long enough. Denial. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just there's there's times there's times for entering into a ministry and there's times for exiting the ministry. And I I realized yeah. uh, at the first of the year that that's what it was. You know, I, God calls us to seasons every 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 time. Yeah, and we got to be willing to move either in something or we got to be willing to move out of something. Yeah, and you know, and I, I asked Brother Near. I asked him a long time ago. I asked him several times, honestly. I said, "Why does transition hurt so bad?" And he he change you, he'll give hurts. you the same <laughs> same answer every time you ask him. Transition only hurts if there's one person bugging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, interesting story. Uh, Brother Billy Cole told a story about praying a woman through to the Holy Ghost. And she got the Holy Ghost. She was speaking in other tongues. And the woman next to her said, she didn't get the Holy Ghost. What do you mean she didn't get the Holy Ghost? She's speaking in other tongues. Yeah, but she didn't fall out. You got to fall out to get the Holy Ghost. And he said, what people don't realize is that you fall out when you get the Holy Ghost because you were resisting. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he told the woman, he said, clench your fists. And when she did, she started falling out and rolling around on the floor. <laughs> and then she's now she got it now she got it he said there's issues that's crazy when you're resisting <laughs> oh. it, when we let our human ideas get into yeah which kind of reminds me of there was a that boy who on Friday night at the Holy Ghost at Brother Dustin Lee's church yeah he was jumping he was screaming he was waving his hands all over the place and my sister said, I've not seen many people get the Holy Ghost for the first time that way. Well, for months and months, he was just tensing up and afraid to yeah. move. And when it finally went, it was like a wire just yeah. smacking him. And it's the human resistance and fear and uncertainty. When you release that uncertainty, yeah. things go crazy. <laughs> And God, God puts himself in there. Same way with your testimony. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 there is a, I've been looking at a lot of stuff here lately about just the way the human personality works. And it said, 
those people who seem the least talkative, once you get them talking, can talk for hours. Yeah. Because they've got so much stored up in there that they've not said it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Which is which is why we make great podcasters sometimes. Give me the topic I desire. And <laughs> God was quiet for four hundred years, right? Yeah. And then he came and preached to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Preached to the souls that were in prison, even down in hell. <laughs> oh man. He's like, I got I got some stuff to say. I have somewhat to say unto thee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but tell me, uh, okay, I, I, what's your uh, ministry story? How do you get to the pulpit part of your story? Well, the, the thing about uh, the ministry that, that gets me is I was just at a church service one day, and my pastor looks at me, and he tells me, you're called to preach. I am. And going back to my past, immediately, to where I, I dropped out of school and gave up on myself as far as education, I'm, I'm thinking, no way. How am I going <laughs> to preach? I, I'm, not, I'm not educated. You know, I, I'm not smart enough to do that. But, uh, but he said it, and I was like, okay, Jesus, if you want me to preach, you're going to have to do something to me because I don't have that ability, you yeah. know. And that still affects me today in some points. Uh, and I don't have a whole lot of experience behind a pulpit. Uh, I've done it a few times. You're behind one right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're behind the microphone. <laughs> Mostly out of obedience because pastor just, you know, gets you up and you have to shoot from the gun sometimes. But, and a lot of it's, that, that's my fault, you know, my, my lack of dedication to the word, and to pr- the prayer like I need to, and mm-hmm. being sensitive to the spirit. Uh, a lot of those things have hindered my ministry, and I think uh, now I'm starting to get more of a dedication and and a walk with God. Uh, it's not where it needs to be yet, but uh, I, I minister. I've preached at the nurse home a few times. Uh, but basically, kind of like what y'all said about being a youth pastor. You know, you've seen there was nobody there to do it, and let's do the job. And uh, and I was asked, and I didn't have the ability. I don't. I didn't feel like, but I was willing to do it. And that's that's yeah. That's, that's me uh, with my ministry. I'm willing to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm probably gonna stumble over my words. I do on the podcast. God knows. But uh, I'll tell you a little secret. That never gets any better. <laughs> I don't expect it to. But uh, I I heard I've heard plenty of people say. Man, when do you get past the the feeling nervous to step behind the pulpit? And you they die. say, um, <laughs> if you ever do, you probably don't need don't to be do doing it thing. anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's the same nerve that I got when I'm behind the pulpit as I, that I have when I'm about to give somebody a word, you know, and yeah. might be praying. I still, it's the same feeling to me. Yeah. Uh, we never and, need to have confidence in our human abilities. Yeah. You need to have confidence that I have heard a word from the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Now, I don't know who this is for, but that doesn't need to be the thing. It's God has said. But if you're going to say God has said, you better be sure God has said. Yeah. 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 But then me dwells no good thing. If you don't know if God said, you just quote the scripture to him, man. 
I know God said this. I know. I know. I know God said this. I I know in the beginning. I yeah. I know word for word at the end. Saying it's one of those words. It's it's these things the word of God. are the word of the Lord. <laughs> now, of course, you even need to make sure you know this because there's a few quotes in here that's not actually the word yeah. of the Lord. Uh, there, there, there's a few quotes of Satan in this book. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Jesus is the bridge between you and God. Yeah. Speaking of that, this is a quick one. Maybe I was preaching one night, and I was on drums, mm-hmm. and my God gave me the thought that was going to go with my message. And so, in the in the middle of the song, uh, I told Heather, I said, "Go over there, find this scripture for me." I said, "I need to be, need you to put that down." I said, "That's going to be my scripture that I read for my text." I said, "It, it goes perfect." Uh, and so she did. And I can't even remember the exact scripture now, but it was a scripture that when you hear ministers preach it over the pulpit, they say it a certain way. Mm -hmm. But in the Bible, it's not said that certain way. It's said totally different. Mm. Um, And so I'm getting up there, and I'll never forget. I'll grab that microphone, buddy, and I've got the word. You know, God just gave it to me, said in the drum case, I've got the word. And I get up there, and I'm getting ready to preach. And I look down, and I get ready to read this word, and it is not the word that I told her to get. Mm. And I stopped, and I was like, oh, my God, she gave me the wrong scripture. You know, and the whole time it was just because people, <laughs> get people don't the say it. They don't say it like that. Just paraphrase it. Yeah. yeah. Par- it threw me and off so bad. Does it still mean the same thing? That's the yeah. question. Well, that one does. Yeah. yeah. But there, there are so many that I've prepared to preach, and I'm like, this is not in the Bible. (laughs) I've looked up, I've looked back, I've looked forth, I'm like, where is the verse that said, where is the verse that says that Jesus is such and such? Uh, There's another one that I've thought of, that I I thought of when I said that, um, where it was an inspirational verse of the day calendar, which uh, single Bible verses can be used so well to say things that the Bible doesn't say. Yeah. When you isolate a verse outside of the context of everything else. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a quote that someone had put on the verse of the day calendar that says, if you will bow down and worship me, everything you see will be yours. Yeah. I'm going to bow down right I now, think, Jesus. I think you need to notice who said that, who said that <laughs> verse. Who are you bowing to? Uh, that verse is said by Satan. Satan God. <laughs> That verse is said by Satan. Yeah. And you notice what Jesus did when he said that too. He said. Used the word against him. You worship the Lord thy God. Yeah. And him only thou shalt thou serve. Alright. So that's a important little piece of nuggets there. You need to use the Bible in context. Yeah, in context. Yeah. In Not context. just when you can't read something on in the cabinet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Stand on his word. <laughs> Got my foot on the rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so it's important. We need to make sure uh, that we're using our story. That's, that's so important. That's what we need to notice is you have a story. If you are brand new to the church, you have a story. Uh, you think of a moment... When the spirit has just moved and just made your life different than anyone else's. Because uh, some of us really have those moments where 
the spirit has moved and it's just made our stories different. For example, if your brother Matthew Gallimore, your wedding day. <laughs> oh yeah, kind of went viral, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, She's yeah. possessed. <laughs> uh, I was sitting third pew for, for that view. I was sitting in the third pew uh, in the church that day. Your wedding was not according to plan. It was not. It was not going according to plan. Sister Heather was stressed to the max. <laughs> yeah, and if it wasn't for my mom Mary, it would have been, she got her back there, grabbed her by the hands in the back room, and she told her that everything was going to be all right. She prayed with her. Mm-hmm. And that's where the tongue flowed from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for context, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, yeah. uh, on on Brother Matthew's wedding go, day, go they look it up on YouTube. Go how Pentecostals get married. How Pentecostals <laughs> get married. That's got a few views. Thank you, Andrew Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, go check that out. But when the prayer time comes, the spirit fell. Yeah. And yeah. we were forever marked. You, y'all, see, you see, Brother Matt, um, you ever been called weird? <laughs> well, you become a meme. <laughs> let's, let's just say we had to turn the comments off because I was, I was called weird. And yes, I did become a meme, several memes on several different platforms. Yes, I yeah. did. Yeah. Um, I, it was so weird just one day, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I opened my Instagram and I, I just, uh, See my dad's face yeah. <laughs> on a on on a Pentecostal memes. Yeah. I think was the name of the page. Wasn't he in Louisville as well? Your yeah, dad was uh, in we were at my girlfriend's birthday party when I was fifteen years old, and we were at, we were ice skating for my girlfriend's uh, birthday party, and we're in Louisville, three hours from home, and one of the guys says. Aren't you the pastor from <laughs> How Pentecostals Get Married? <laughs> yeah, they got him famous. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Not not when they were trying to get us famous when the when the when the camera crew come out. That's not what yeah. got fam- what got us famous. What got us famous was my cousin posting a YouTube video. Yeah. Uh when the spirit fell. <laughs> uh yeah. No. Yeah, obviously, you you go places and when spirit falls, yeah, everything changes. Yeah, um, still so, pouring it out, and, and he's still pouring it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know that's kind of a humorous example, but it's true. It's true. Yeah, every way that we live our lives is affected by the fact right. that spirit. Can fall. A lot of people don't realize that my wedding was is that everything was going wrong. Yeah. Everything. I'm not sure I realized it until years later. To the point that we were supposed to be at the Massville Park. That got rained out. Heather was outside in her regular clothes, but had her hair already fixed, trying to get everything picked up and get it all ready. I had no idea it was even happening. Uh, my father-in-law and Brother Chad Carraway from our church gathered everything up, took everything to the church, and got it all set up and ready so our wedding was ac- actually decorated by my father-in-law and a man from the church. We were sitting, I was across the street and found out that the CD, by the way, <laughs> did not work for the songs. And so I had to go all the way home, get my laptop, and here it goes, y'all ready for this? Reburn a CD. <laughs> 
What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Re burn a CD. To you you realize my laptop doesn't even have a disk drive. Right. What, what is that? You mean that's not a cup holder? <laughs> I don't even have a disk drive on my laptop, guys. But uh, I had to go home and reburn a CD to be able to come back to play the music. Yeah. We get back, they plug it, they put the CD player in, and Heather, of course, everybody knows uh, she's the sound person at our church. She has to get up, they have to put a blanket over the. Mm-hmm. The the uh, booth so that she can get up in there and get the sound set for the for the thing. She comes back down. Everything was going wrong in our in our wedding, and she goes back in the back. And she always told me she said she said if anything ever went wrong, if I ever felt like anything was not going my way, I could find Mama Mary and she would make everything right for me. And she did. She grabbed her hand and she prayed over her. And at that moment, she said she knew everything was going to be all right. She walked out and. And the first song that was played was the wrong song. Uh, they didn't, he didn't play it long enough. When we turned around to do our candle lighting, um, it, it was supposed to have went a certain point because there was talking. We had to sit through the whole talking part because the talking was not supposed to be on there. And she was just sitting there about to explode on that candle lighting. We got that taken care of and turned around and then we started the, the song, the prayer. And uh, we had, uh, of course, Brother Jenkins' dad, Brother Daniel Orton, and Pastor Michael Orton, and uh, and uh, they come up and prayed for us. And at that moment, exactly what our memo said, you know, when she was back there in the back, everything's going to be all right because when the spirit fell, it forever changed our lives. Yeah. From the very beginning, it was marked. Yeah. Something's gonna be different about these folks. We was married, whether everything went right or whether everything went wrong, we're still married. <laughs> in the presence of God and these witnesses. Yeah. God's pouring the spirit out in the middle of chaos. Yeah. yeah. And that that's exactly it. So, man, uh just you got your moment that you can talk about. What spirit of God's just fallen and changed things for you? <sighs> Let's see. I, I I didn't have the prompt to give you of a specific instance, but yeah, yeah uh, there's several instances <laughs> uh, that I've seen. Uh, I mean, you know. I'll just, uh, I'll give you a little bit of time to think and do something that I absolutely hate to do. Um, I really struggle with the idea of sharing parts of my stories because it, it sucks to tell your story yeah. sometimes because sometimes you're, you're just not quite sure how it's all going to work out yet. Yeah. Um, but the hardest day in my life was, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's, at that point in time it was, <laughs> the hardest day in my life was uh, January the 17th, 2019. I uh, found out that uh, something I'd said had been mistranslated to the point where someone was calling the law on me. Cops come to my house, pick me up on my birthday, <laughs> 23rd birthday. 
getting ready to go to church. I'm halfway through uh, getting dressed. I'm not <laughs> dressed at all. I've got my hair all messed up and this and that. And I'm riding off in a police car. So I'm sitting in a holding area for several hours. Me and these other random folks, who knows what they've done. Some are saying, well, I, uh, they're, they're doing these, saying these things, telling what they're in for and this and that. And I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. So I'm just trying to sit there and pray. <laughs> and I start praying. I start speaking in tongues in a holding cell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Handcuffed to the bench. <laughs> Handcuffed to the bench. And I'm just like, it's my stress response is to pray where God can understand me, I think. <laughs> That's my stress response. <laughs> um, and the lady down there says, what's that language you're praying in? <laughs> I'm like, um, well, uh, <laughs> are you praying in Hebrew or something? See, you're been marked as different yeah. <laughs> in this moment. And I kind of explain and what what it is, and she said, "Oh, I believe that God can do that kind of thing." Okay. So they take me back to my cell, and there I am sitting in this room, and all the guys are giving me the rundown of how everything works in that cell. The other prisoners or inmates, and they're all telling me, "Oh, we do Bible studies on this night and this and that," and I'm like, and it turns out the guy who I have a a bunk above ends up telling me, yeah, my name's such and such. My mom goes to this Pentecostal church. My grandma's a Pentecostal. I'm like, Lord, if our moms are praying for us, there's enough angels in this room to keep me safe. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I believe these ladies actually know what they're talking about. And that's my moment. I spend the rest of the night sitting on the top bunk reading my Bible because I'm just like, I want to make sure you're with me in the midst of this mess. It's been the rest of that year. The spirit has fallen. And it's taken care of me. Yeah. Through the worst year of my life. Yeah. Which led to more not so great years of my life. But in the midst of it all. I believe the song says through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've yeah. learned to trust in God. <laughs> so yeah, that's my testimony goes a little beyond the nine-year-old that was filled with the Holy Ghost into 23. He can still do it. Yeah. He can still take care of you. Three-year-old, you had to hold on to him. He's still there. There's a, there's a podcaster who, um, Matthew West, a Christian singer, he has a podcast, and when he has guests on, he asks them about, what was your blue couch moment? He said, because I found God uh, when I was a little kid watching a Billy Graham crusade on a blue couch. What was the moment when you realized God was real and he could actually do all the stuff you always heard he could do? He said it doesn't have to be the day you were saved, yeah. but it can be the day that you found out God can work. Blue couch moment. I like his way of phrasing it. He, he said in my concerts, I tell tell that story. I actually, drag out a blue couch behind me. <laughs> but yeah, he, what was your moment when God became real to you? So Timmy, the spirit ever fall and make everything different for you? <laughs> yeah, uh, several times 
and more times to come. But I remember one time it was at the old church. The pastor was preaching. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was he was preaching. And it was the altar call, and we were all up front worshiping. And uh, I'd, I'd recently received the gift of the Holy Ghost a couple months before that, I think. And uh, I felt like I was repented up, and I, I felt like I was okay. But for some reason, I just felt like this just weight just pushed me down, and I, I just collapsed down to my knees, and I just started bawling and weeping and crying. Had no idea why, but it is. I'm just bawling and crying, and I'm still trying to praise God and worship at the same time in the midst of crying uncontrollably. I just feel this comfort come over me as I'm as I'm just letting it out, and and I just feel saved and. I feel released from things that I didn't even know what they were, but I just felt like they were gone. And it was overwhelming. And and I, I don't know how long I was down there weeping and crying for it. But when I got up, I just felt so light. Yeah. So, yes, like I've been in the presence of God, you know, just yeah. not feeling the presence of God, but been in the presence, uh, a throne experience I guess and that was one one moment in my walk with God that I remember ch changed me uh, it's, that was, it's so easy to think that this can only happen at church sometimes yeah. but there there's been so many times you're just walking down the road you're at work Adam, just doing your thing. It can happen at a grocery store. It can happen. I told the stories. Now, so many of these stories seem to happen in planes. And, you know, they're just random encounters. God can move anywhere, yeah. anytime. He can move at an altar. Yeah. yeah. He can move on your wedding day. Yeah. He can move in a prison cell. I got, I got one more example. Anywhere. If that's all right. Do it. Um... For those of you that don't know, I, I, I work in a nursing home. And every, all the residents there, they, they know who I am. They love me. And yeah. I stop and pray with them and stuff. And new ones that come in, I, I introduce myself. I say, if you ever need prayer, let me know. Well, there's this one lady that I'll never forget. Her name was Freddie. Mm -hmm. Freddie Fingers, I think, was her name. She's passed now. But... But... I introduced myself and told her, if you ever need prayer, just let me know. And uh, a couple of days went by. I think it was a Friday. I told her that. And Monday or so, I walked by her room. And she said, can you pray for me? And I said, well, sure. And I went in there, and we just held hands. And I said, is there any specific thing you need prayer for? Uh, which I didn't know, you know, that she had cancer and stuff like that at the time. Uh, but... Uh, she just needed strength in her body and different things that she wanted prayer for. So we started praying. And I was never comfortable with praying in the spirit uh, outside of church, you know, when you, you just don't go out to, into the world and pray for somebody and you start speaking tongues and freak them out if they've never <laughs> heard it, you know. And uh, yeah. And 
You're weird. She started, she, I was, we was praying and she started speaking in tongues. And then I started speaking in tongues and it just felt, I felt liberty to pray, praying with her. And when we got done, she said, are you willing this? I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> she said, I haven't prayed in tongues in years. Mm. She said, spoken tongues freely in years. And that's one life-changing moment that I had. Yeah. Uh, now it's pushed me to pray for people, uh, regardless if, 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 if they're not used to tongues or not, you know, I just, know. let's just do what God says. Yeah. Let's do it his way. God used that moment to, to teach me something. And, and that was the best feeling that I've had. Yeah. Still to this day. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's weird. He, he, depending on who you are, what your personality is, what your thing is, what your particular way of being is. He can orchestrate everything. I'll do it for how you need it done. I'll do it how you need it done. Because it's different for everyone. Oh, and, and something I thought of earlier when you said the thing about um, I dropped out of school, I was held back, this and that. How am I supposed to preach? Hmm. There, there's a verse in the Bible that I thought of when you said that. He said, I believe it's in Acts chapter four, maybe Acts chapter five, when it comes before them, when they come before uh, the rulers of the area and they tell them to stop preaching in the name of Jesus, don't preach this way, don't stir everybody up. It said they perceived that they had been with Jesus because they knew. They were unlearned and ignorant men. Yeah. If they can tell you've been with Jesus, it don't matter. Yeah. Your education level exactly. doesn't matter. Your personality type, it doesn't matter anything. Introvert or extrovert. Yeah. I can tell this guy's been with Jesus. Yeah. And that's why that lady was able to say to you, so what do you believe? Yeah. Because clearly the Spirit's working here. She didn't, she didn't really have to ask. No. It was kind of a rhetorical question. She, she, she knew say, by your actions. Hold on a <laughs> I can tell this guy's been with Jesus. Yeah. And that's so important. That's the point of the testimony. Yeah. It's to say, this guy's been with Jesus. Yeah. This girl's been with Jesus. Whatever your we're case all, may be. We're all the same. All right. The only thing that makes us different is our testimony. It's the only thing that makes us different, and that's why when it comes when when we're in a court, they want so many different people to give their testimony because no two people are the same. Well, we could all see the same thing. You could have you you could have seen the same car wreck happen, but if you're on the opposite end of the street, you might you'll know something the guy on the other side of the street doesn't know. We all three could sit on the same blue couch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it. And we're all paying attention to the screen at different times. Yeah. Still the same blue couch. It's still the same couch, still the same incident. The but same every couch. different story is important. I mean, you know, funny thing about it, three out of four Gospels are all incredibly similar, but one's written way later, yeah. and it's the most different. Yeah. yeah. It includes stories that everyone else did. And there's like, okay, John's sitting there and he's thinking, okay, Matthew wrote that one, so I don't have to. John, Mark wrote that one, so I don't have to. And Luke wrote that one. Let me write what they didn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> they all wrote pretty much the same thing. Let me throw in some stuff. 
just so y'all know, Jesus is God. In the beginning was the Word. <laughs> That's important part. In case you, in case you missed Emmanuel, you know, God with us, Martin yeah. Matthew. Yeah. yeah. Unless you missed that Emmanuel is God with us. Let me be a little more plain. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Okay, I need to stop. <laughs> We've been going long enough. Uh, but just if you don't pick up anything else from this entire thing, uh, here's the big takeaway point of the whole episode. Uh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll say one uh, that I'm kind of joking here, but at the same time, I'm not really. Um, Drink my do and stay the, youthful. <laughs> the uh, the real point, the real takeaway you all need to get from this is uh, go to YouTube, look up Coffee Bar Confessions, and hit the subscribe button. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's the that's the main takeaway. The episode. share, yeah. uh, share it. Uh, when's the first episode drop? September fifth. September the fifth. So it's right around the corner. Uh, they have one video on there. It's a preview. I uh, had the distinct privilege of Brother Matt's sister-in-law, my, um, the word is cousin, cousin yeah. that I'm trying to get out, my cousin, uh, Tracy sent me the rough draft of the first episode. So I have an idea how it's going to go. I've seen some Hate pictures three. of some people. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some pictures of some episodes in recording. Yeah. Uh, and I'm... So y'all got a few episodes that's coming out, but the first episode's gonna drop September fifth. Go, go check that out. That's actually a birthday present for my sister, right? Yeah. Uh, or my mom, I mean. Yeah. It's actually my mom's birthday nice. present for Matt. Right. <laughs> and, and be ready to see Brother Jake and Orton on there too. He's gonna at, at some point. At some point, I'm yeah. gonna end up on there. So you get to hear uh, us again. And I, I think, if if the man approves of it. Uh, you're going to be hearing another interview very similar to this one. Once again, just promoting a podcast coming up very soon. That's my dad who's coming yeah. on. Very he good. doesn't know this yet. but <laughs> uh, got a very good podcast. He's got a very good podcast. Go check it out. It's called Stay. Um, at the moment, it's only on Spotify, I believe. Uh, but if you're friends with him on Facebook, you can just go click the link or friends with me or whatever. You can just go click the link. It'll be up. Uh but one big takeaway, if you want, uh, I'm just going to give you guys one at a time, just say one final thing to share with everyone. Uh, I'm going to, whichever one of you wants to go first, you can just start talking. But if you really, a little more serious note, beyond just subscribing to your podcast, what's one thing you think everyone needs to know before they click off this episode? Well, you see people and they... They go through the motions of their life, and you just, once you're pulled out of the world, you could just see the countenance of people, the weight that they carry. And one of our visions is to buy our testimonies and other testimonies. You know, the Bible says to cast on every weight and sin this will easily beset you. We want to help lift you up and encourage you to, to confess those things, to get them off your chest. Everybody needs somebody to talk to. Everybody needs Jesus, and and they need just somebody they can lean on and say, hey, I need you to pray for me. Uh, I'm depressed. I'm hurting. I, I got this pain bottled up, and I don't know what to do with it, and drugs isn't doing it anymore. Our relationships isn't doing it anymore. 
and I heard this person say, hey, I overcome this. How can I do that? And uh, that's, that's not just the purpose of the podcast, but that's one of the reasons. There's so much more. There's probably an endless reasoning of the podcast, but yeah. that's one thing I would say. Don't be afraid to be peculiar. To be yeah. weird. To be weird. You know, every, everybody has their own personalities. Everybody has their own way of who they are, but don't ever forget. And you're going to hear me, if you if you do like and subscribe to our podcast, Coffee Bar Confessions, you're going to hear me say this over and over and over again. Um, there's another me out there. Yeah. Yeah. And don't ever be afraid to be peculiar because somebody is looking to you to try to figure out how to how to fix themselves, how to how to draw closer to God. And if I could say anything to any listener that's out there listening to this podcast right now, is to understand that God loves us exactly the way we are. Yep. Yeah. We're weird. We're peculiar. But not only does the scripture say that we're peculiar but it says that we are chosen. Yeah. And God has chosen each and every one of us to be exactly like we are. And we can call ourselves weird by being apostolic. And we can call ourselves weird by speaking in tongues. And we can call ourselves weird by rolling on the floor and, and by wearing our certain types of clothing. But at the end of the day, God has made us who we are. Yeah. And so be you. If I can bring anything... If anybody could list, could close this podcast out and only get one thing that I've said this whole time, be you. Be exactly who you are. Live for God exactly the way you do. And allow other people to see God through you. Yeah. And when they do that, I promise you, your testimonies are going to become comments on the bottom of Coffee Bar Confessions. They're going to become comments on the bottom of Peculiar Podcast. They're going to become comments of, hey, I heard that. I heard Brother Jakey talking about this. I heard Brother Matt, Brother Timmy, I heard y'all talking about this certain thing, and that's what I needed. Yeah. Why? Because I did not try to be anything different but me. Yeah. I didn't come on a podcast and try to act more holier than that. I didn't, I mean, we literally come on here and talked about drinking Mountain Dew and being youthful. Yeah. <laughs> All right? Everybody's got to see that, hey, they're human, you know? Yes. No, you know, I, I text Brother Jacob today and I said, what do you want me to wear? He said, no suits. Yeah. And so I came, this is me. Yeah. I came as me. Yeah. And that's exactly who I, all day long, I, that, that's what, what rolled through my head. When I get on that podcast, I'm going to be me. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the listeners are going to hear me. And they're going to be able to say, hey, Brother Matt is vulnerable. Yeah. Brother Matt is willing to say, this is me. And you are just like me. Yeah. And there's somebody because just like you. Yeah. And that is just about it. That's really all we got to say. It's okay to be weird, but don't forget, you are that way because you're chosen. You are that way because you're chosen.
and God has chosen all of you. Thank you for listening. Good word for Jesus.